Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. There was a lot of excitement yesterday about the IPO for Snapchat, the camera company, as it likes to call itself. It's got investors happy and hopeful that there will be more tech companies going public. But it's not all rainbows and unicorns for the tech sector, especially for one company. What if I did the whole business? What? what? You dropped the prices on on black. Yes, you did. We solved it with $20. If you haven't seen the video already, that is Travis Kalanick, the CEO of Uber, getting into an argument with an Uber driver. The driver had confronted the CEO for dropping prices and leaving workers like him out to drive. Yeah, not such a good conversation to have with the boss. We started with twenty dollars. You know how much is the mile now? Two seventy-five. You know what? What? Some people don't like to take responsibility. For I their take up. They blame everything. But why you send an email else. for town card? Good luck. Good luck to you too. But I know you don't gonna go far. This week after the video went public, Kalanick issued an apology, saying he has to grow up. This is just the latest in a string of problems hounding Uber, from claims of sexual harassment in the company to allegations it stole self-driving technology from Google. The once-beloved company and its CEO are having a tough time recently. With me are Joan O'Sara with Bloomberg View and Sheila Kohatkar with The New Yorker. And Sheila, what is going on at Uber? Well, obviously, Uber is in the middle of a remarkable confluence of embarrassing scandals right now, and they seem to be a real reflection of the company's culture, which seems to spring directly out of the brain of the company's CEO, Travis Kalanick. Uh, Better to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission kind of MO. He is obviously a very macho guy, and it does not seem that there are grown-ups inside the company, experienced, seasoned executives creating a moderating influence on this. So so this really hard-charging, aggressive culture has just taken over the whole company. Joe, I guess some of this can be overlooked if the company is doing well financially. So how is it doing? Well, no, they're not doing well financially at all. But Lyft isn't doing financially uh, well either. You know, they're a private company, so they've been able to gather capital from investors. And the truth of the matter is they have a huge what's called uh, first-mover advantage which is that when you go on the sidewalk and you decide uh, who do I want to get picked up by, you think Uber first before you think of anything else. And so they're much bigger than anybody else and they're the best known name. And customers will put up with a lot. They don't really care that Travis Kalanick is a 40-year-old brat. They, they really don't. What they, what they care about is whether they can get in their car on time, just as, just as people didn't care that Henry Ford was an anti-Semite. The real problem for Uber here has to do with the corrosive nature of their internal culture. Uh, Some of the stories that the woman told in the blog about sexual harassment that didn't have to do with sexual harassment were like, you know, I hid information from my boss so I could get his job. And you just think this is not the kind of company that I want to work for or that is going to be successful down the road. Yeah, but is it Uber or is it Silicon Valley tech companies uh, writ large is it, or is it just this one particular company? They're worse than most, wouldn't you say, Sheila? Uh, I, they're probably at the extreme end, but they're certainly not alone in having some version of these problems. Uh, I, again, I think some of it stems from Travis's personality, which is uniquely sort of hard-charging. And- but there's a, there's a certain hard-charging personality in Silicon Valley in that we don't follow the rules and we're just going to do it the way that we do it and 
oftentimes the idea of even having an HR department is the last thing that they want to think about. This is why exactly why you need an HR department and a strong internal legal counsel and a compliance department and training for employees and all these things that a lot of these Silicon Valley companies don't even know that they're supposed to have until sometimes it's too late. And it's interesting um, that in spite of all these problems, and there are huge business issues with Uber as well. I mean, they're losing potentially billions of dollars. I mean, it's a private company, so we don't know exactly. But we're in an environment where investors on Wall Street and elsewhere are willing to continue pouring money into these enterprises in spite of these problems uh, on the hope of future growth. As was proven this week with the SNAP IPO. I mean, here's a company where where not only have they not told investors very much about the company, but investors get no voting rights as shareholders. And yet the company uh, was up 50, 60 percent on its first day of trading. What I'm wondering is, is this just a little bit of the business cycle where when you were young and scrappy and you're fighting the entrenched forces, I mean, you're beloved like Uber was when it first came out. And now that it is the biggest one on the block, that now people take their jabs at it. I think Sheila disagrees with me on this, but I think Uber is a uniquely distasteful company. (laughs) in the way that they operate. They have been like this almost from day one. Very early in their history, they were calling up uh, Lyft drivers, that's their competitor, and then canceling the rides in order to hurt their business. I mean, this is an ongoing problem. Peter Thiel, who, let's face it, has an investment in Lyft, but he basically called uh, Uber the most ethically challenged company in Silicon Valley, and that feels right to me. This isn't one where it's just getting knocked down because it's now the biggest player. Uh, It's become very easy to criticize them, largely due to their own missteps. I mean, that's, you know, but I think there's some truth to what you're saying as well. They had this really rapid growth period, and then suddenly they're the kind of gorilla. And, of course, it's very easy to pick on them, but they're, they're giving people a lot of material to criticize. They could make it harder for the critics to come after them. But, in fact, they have made it pretty easy. So, Joe, you're critical of Uber. Uh, They call you in and want you to give advice on how to fix the culture there. What do you tell them? That's pretty easy. Um, I would say that Travis Kalanick can stay at the company, but he can no longer be a leader. Uh, He can be a thinker and an advisor. And I would bring in a a Sheryl Sandberg type, a grown-up, who could change the culture, who would insist on changing the culture and put in place the things that you need to, to create a real company with real prospects. Uber has seemed fairly impervious to criticism. I mean, they've been criticized from almost from the beginning, partly for ushering in this era of diminished job security, enticing people to kind of try and piece together work as contractors. You know, they don't offer benefits to any of their drivers. And there's been criticism of this all along, but they've continued to grow. They've continued to amass enormous interest from investors to the point where they're fighting to get in and they're now valued at close to $70 billion. But now suddenly we're at a moment when the consumers seem to be reacting against it finally and this consumer boycott where you had 200,000 people deleting their app off their phone seemed to actually capture the company's attention. So it seems like a moment when consumer pressure may finally force them to change. Joe, Sheila, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Joe Nocera is a columnist with Bloomberg View, and Sheila Kohatkar is a staff writer at The New Yorker. She's also the author of the new book, Black Edge, about the largest insider trading investigation in Wall Street history. And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC. WNYC.